Hello, it's Pleasance here, and I just wanted to take a minute and say, oh my goodness, I'm having so much fun with the podcast, and I got, I'm getting some emails, and they're beautiful, so I wanted to share them with you. So here's one that I got that I had to jump on and read to you called Law of Attractions and Bad Things. Dear Pleasance, I've been devouring your podcast since I found it last week. I just finished the episodes, Conversations and Thriving, Law of Attraction, and I really wanted to share a thought with you about Law of Attraction versus bad things, like racism, oppression, trauma, etc. I'm wondering if this can be looked at using a framework of gravity. If Law of Attraction is a force of good that acts on within and between us like gravity, can oppression, though very different from a goodness perspective, also can be a similar force that can be acted on within and between us. If this is true, then similar to gravity, larger things can produce larger interference. A planet can capture a moon in its orbit. Looking from this perspective, it seems easy to identify something like institutional racism as a planet exerting huge force and trapping us in its orbit and potentially overwhelming or interfering with law of attraction. So, for example, black men aren't attracting shooting to themselves. We are in the orbit of institutional racism. Maybe the alternate force to attraction isn't oppression, but it seems like a potential root force, both racism and poverty in places that should be able to share abundance, could be chalked up to oppression, which is why it seems like a good candidate. That might make it seem like the planets are insurmountable, but I will add this. The Earth may have pulled the moon into its orbit, but the moon controls the Earth's tides, and we don't have to live in oppression. We can't dismantle the Earth to free the moon, but we can dismantle oppression. Smaller chunks exert less force. Conversely, larger chunks of good exert more force. You may have already thought about this, but I just felt like I had to share this potential framing for thinking about this topic. I hope you're well. Thank you for the podcast, Andrea. Andrea, I'm obsessed with this. Thank you, thank you for creating a new framework, other ideas, other ways of looking looking at things. And I'm so grateful to be in conversation with you and all the listeners who have um, a lot of experience and and intelligence on these topics that are so dynamic and vast and layered. Um, so super fun to hear around about your response. So thank you. Another podcast listener came in um, after our soul do and should do. So switching gears now, here is another letter. Pleasance. I listened to part of your May 29th podcast during Uh, My lunch break today. I love your podcast so much. It's so great. I only made it through the first 15 minutes when you started to talk about your shift in thinking from the healthy lifestyle habits being necessary before the soul transformation work to begin towards an approach that encourages people to listen to themselves. And it really resonated. There are just so many shoulds in our culture. So to add even more to that list just feels like more stuff to deal with it. But listening to your body and tapping into your intuition, wow, that is radical. And once you start doing it in a meaningful way, it makes you really want to show up for your life. Also, no one really teaches you how to do that. All the instructions we get as adults seem to be do this, don't do that, all about the external measures of success. 
The reason I'm emailing is I thought I had a thought on the Metro yesterday related to this and particularly around diet and exercise often disguised as leading a healthy lifestyle that I wanted to share with you and the leading a healthy lifestyles in quotes. The more I get into this work, the more convinced I become that we all crave spiritual growth and learning and personal transformation. P.S. Yes, 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 we do. Okay, back to the letter. But it's hard to know what exactly that means and how to get it. I think in previous generations, church and religions have been the source for many people. I'm obsessed with my church and have come back around to my faith in my 30s, but for many years, for me, that was another should in life, and the teachings just never penetrated in a way that felt meaningful for my soul or my life, beyond treating your neighbor as yourself. I'm starting to think one of the reasons our culture is so obsessed with diet, exercise, clean eating, all of which are framed in terms of things like good and bad, are all about external validation, even when they are pitched as self-care. Is this because when people see results from their diets or workout workout routines or whatever, it feels like they're changing in a good way, and that sense of change and growth and, and healthy expansion is addictive, but because most of those approaches aren't sustainable or in the end healthy, at least if your mind is overly preoccupied with the shoulds and you start beating yourself up for not being as good at at them as you think you should, which was the case for me for more years than I'd like to admit. Those feelings of personal growth and transformation go away and then we feel bad about ourselves and we crave it all over again and again. Hence this cultural fixation with healthy eating and looking good. If we could teach each other how to look inward for the answers and cultivate that just as you are doing, it would make such a difference in this crazy rat race we've created for ourselves, not just with diet and exercise, but also with so many life choices. Um, After listening to your podcast, I thought I would share in case it resonates. Thanks for everything you do, Rebecca. And I just like capital Y-E-S exclamation point, Rebecca. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly it. I did not even realize how caught up I was in this health culture and in green juice world and that's the way and look how healthy I am and look how healthy my kids are and then becoming so obsessed with health that I was scared of gluten and scared of dairy and scared of all of these other amazing food groups that are perfectly fine for my body, well, I guess gluten's like not an amazing food group, but you know what I mean? That wheat and dairy and like these, we label things and we don't even ask our bodies or our souls, like, how does it actually feel to me? Or am I just doing what everybody else does? Am I just, you know, shooting myself all over the place? So the key is intuition. And what's the best way that I've learned to cultivate a deep relationship with Um, intuition is through Ayurveda. So stay listening. Um, I'm working on an Ayurveda class for the summer uh, online for you guys. Um, So hopefully you'll have that that you can refer to. I'm definitely, we've got lines up for this summer, an Ayurveda conversation between me and Allison Tepper, who's a dietitian, because she has a bunch of questions about Ayurveda and how it fits in with um, what she's learned, what she has learned as a dietitian and the science of nutrition that she knows. So we're going to have a lot of really interesting conversations about Ayurveda and information. There's my dog saying hello. Um, and the other thing I want to say is, um, that if you do live in the DC area, we have a retreat coming up this, 
um, summer, a yoga and meditation and writing retreat. It's July 27th to 29th outside of Middleburg, Virginia, and it's going to be really sweet. So if you want to come, go ahead and email me, pleasance at little ohm, or go to soulfulselfcare.com. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's uh, with my friend Carol Myers, and it's all about positive psychology, why we study it, what it's good for, and how it's rocking my world in terms of framing language um, and being so clear and specific around the science of well-being. So enjoy. All right. Well, good morning. I'm so excited about being on today to talk about one of my most favorite topics. Um, I have a dear friend on with me today. Carol, say hello. Hello, Pleasant. Hello, everyone. Hi. And I asked Carol to come on. If you listened to last week's podcast, you heard um, a little bit about um, my current uh, certification that I'm taking with positive psychology and kind of how I got there. Cause we did an episode on soul do and it just felt like a big soul do for me. And Carol is a dear friend of mine who's also multi-passionate <laughs> and also a creative and also, um, into service and helping and healing and creating circles and, um, really, you know, what I love about you, Carol, is your enthusiasm and interest for learning. Um, and then also just your light and how you show up in situations. I've been with you now a number of times where it's just wonderful to see you connect with other people and share what you know and be a lifelong learner yourself. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then we'll dive into our positive psychology chat. Well, thank you so much, Pleasance. That's so kind of you. And I have to tell you, I feel the same way about you. So it's mutual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding, I'm just radiating that beautiful light right back to you. Mm, so thank you. It's a pleasure to, um, to be part of your community um, here live and uh, digitally too. And I'm, I'm also based in Washington, D.C. I'm a life coach and mentor. I'm a teacher. I'm a yogi. I'm a writer. Um, and I'm a consultant, so I mix lots of different disciplines together. And mm-hmm. what is kind of the thread that runs through all of them really is the whole science of positive psychology. There's lots of really great juicy stuff. And it's, um, it really is a way to live and a way to look at the world, a way to mm-hmm. see the world, a way to be human, a way to connect with others, um, and a way to really you know show up in the world and to give back in the world. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to hear um, about your journey with your certification program, and then also just to talk about what's good. Yeah, totally. And I think that I want to also, like, right from the beginning, um, I want to hear how you got interested, how you started learning about positive psych, and then um, also address the elephant in the room, which is, does this mean that we have to be happy and positive all the time? <laughs> right. right. That's a big, big misconception, you know, yes. based on 
my intuition, but also after looking and studying the subject. And even Martin Seligman, who's one of the co-founders of positive psychology, would say it's not, you know, that negative yes. emotions are part of life. But my journey goes back several years when I was looking for a coaching program and found one that included positive psychology. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to me putting those two words together, but I didn't really know a lot about the discipline. And then mm -hmm. I learned that that it grew 20 years out of the, you know, disease model of people, you know, who are considered ill looking and the way to solve this is to come up with a treatment plan to be able mm -hmm. to address it, which is great because there are people who are ill who need treatment. You know, there's also, you know, a way to look at it if you just pivot and shift um, just a few degrees is looking at um, ways of making sense in your life, being connected to something larger than yourself, looking at, you know, human experiences and emotions. Um, and um, so when I first learned about it, one of the first books that I read and I actually listened to the audio version of it a couple of times was Flourish by Martin mm -hmm. Seligman and found mm -hmm. it to be a really great comprehensive treatment and of the whole topic. Um, I learned about the via character strengths, which you probably have gotten to in your program. Um, and if not, um, for people who are not familiar with it, it's a really great way of looking at the things that are inside of every of every person on the planet across cultures across demographics uh, and looking at traits and qualities that um, that when you look at the ones that are that are the the like sort of at your core or the highest ranking the top five to eight of them is that it can be really surprising is how they really track back to who you are as an individual and that if you kind of shift from those aligning your life back to those top via character strengths can really help lead to a life where you really flourish and thrive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I looked to digest and study as much as I could. Mm -hmm. um, I entered another another coaching program, which I completed, and it again touched on positive psychology. And I learned that, of course, UPenn has a really beautiful master program in applied positive psychology. And it was just out of my reach at the, you know, the point in my life with time and resources. <laughs> and I learned that there are other institutions around that take mm -hmm. that goodness of positive psychology and are really working to bring it out into the world so that people can use it individually in their lives and their families with their children, mm -hmm. the organizations mm -hmm. in which they work in creating new organizations that, you know, bring forth a lot of the elements of positive psychology. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I ended up enrolling in a program last spring and it was a six month, 240 hour program mm -hmm. through an, an organization in New York city that mm -hmm. was founded by a, they're called mapsters, you know, oh, yeah. masters mm -hmm. in applied positive psychology. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a program that's taught with a curriculum in 12 or 14 cities around the, around the world mm -hmm. and um, taught by people who are mapsters. So mm -hmm. it was really infusing what they learned at UPenn, what they taught at UPenn and bringing it out in a greater way to share it with the world and, and easy to understand pieces based on the, the PERMA model that, you know, Seligman pioneered. Mm -hmm we'll probably mm -hmm. get to later. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that was a really great intensive learning experience to really deepen it. And for me, the appeal was to learn the science behind the benefits that we all ex experience or know when we shift mindset, when we, when we work on cultivating uh, you know, optimism versus pessimism uh, and all those sorts of things. A lot of the goodness that you teach, you know, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, was backed up by science and research and peer mm -hmm. journals, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Well, I think it's, I mean, it just like is the most amazing time to be studying all of this. And I'll, I think a lot of people come into the psych, the positive psych 
world from a clinical background, either psych or coaching mm-hmm. or academia. Yes. Um, and I have totally, my, my experience is the other way around. I came in, you know, I've been studying the wisdom traditions for so long and the positive psych stuff to me, like just made sense and was the puzzle it was like the last puzzle piece I needed to put together because it's the science of well-being. And so many of my students always ask about the research and the science um, what, on creativity, on well-being, on flourishing, on flow. And so I'm happy to just pass it along. But I kind of giggle because I'm like, I learned this from the yogis. I learned this from yeah. the meditators. I learned this from Eastern philosophy. And like these things are so now from the inside out of me that it's just daily life and how I live. But I sometimes forget that, um, that other people obviously are are not in that state. And so they want the science and want the research. And it's so awesome to be able to provide the links for via strengths, um, and the character strengths and be able to, you know, have conversations about people's strengths in that way where they can really have the data. It's so powerful to combine the two, you know, Absolutely. And, and also one of the character strengths is curiosity. So there might yeah. be people who, who look at things and always ask why or how come. And right, right. It's just the, this natural quality inside of themselves that they're very curious and, you know, and are explorers um, or adventurers and want to know the data. There, I mean, there are other people who just accept it because it feels good and it works. Um, the, uh, when you talk about learning from the wisdom t- traditions, it reminds me of the monks that Western scientists studied in meditation. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> right, exactly. How does this yes. work? How does it happen? But it's yeah. like you can connect the electrodes and monitor body functions and brain yeah. waves yeah. and, you know, and come to the same conclusion. So Seligman and Peterson and, and a few other people right at the beginning about 20 years ago were really insistent that there be a body of, of scientific yeah. research that, that support these things. Yeah. I'm so glad because I do think, I mean, I think on, on one hand I say, like I kind of put myself in the box with the wisdom traditions and coming from that angle and more of the woo woo. But <laughs> the reality is before that I was a sociologist, right? I was a social worker. I was right. in academia. I was at Penn. Like I, I, I am very into the data and did a lot of data collections for the schools that I worked in. And I thought it was so powerful. So to combine them and to have so much overlap and so many common human experiences and being able, I just love the whole idea that, you know, traditionally clinically, they were only looking at depression and anxiety and these emotions that were, um, um, really challenging. And I love the idea that we're looking towards what are those, like the qualities and the markers of living a good life and how, now that we have all the brain science that says, you know, that we can constantly be evolving and changing and learning and our brains are changing. Um, I just think it's so cool. So cool. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love that your work around thriving and really living a beautiful, wonderful, engaged, aligned life you know, really dovetails with this. And it's beautiful that you, yeah. your master's at UPenn. It's like this full circle moment. <laughs> well, totally. I know. I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd been there. But you know, it is what it is, but it feels very close. And I feel very connected to just the institution. I just really, really love um, UPenn. And and again, like I said on the last podcast, like I'm not going there for the certification and just adding and layering it in. And especially around, so let's talk about PERMA and 
And also then taking it from PERMA into what institutions and organizations we see this coming into, like the schools and positive ed, which is so awesome also. Right, right. So the, um, I wanted to ask you quickly, yeah. though, you're, the course that you're taking is through, is um, originated from UPenn, is it through Coursera? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is a big MOOC, which is a, a, a massive open online course. Yes. I think, right, which is another way to take education and bring it out to people who wouldn't have the, who wouldn't be at UPenn right now to study this in depth, but you can study it conveniently wherever you are on the planet. And it's very affordable. See, that was also the big thing was that, um, how do we get access to some of these materials? How do we get access? Um, that's a whole privilege conversation, um, even knowing about the program, but having something online like this that's rel- especially compared to going live to an institution like UPenn is so affordable mm-hmm. and so accessible and it's taught by um, Dr. Siegelman like it's taught by all the authors of Flourish and Flow and uh, you know Grit and all of the mm-hmm. Duckworth like all of the authors who are there and all of the books so I think that the main website is Authentic Happiness is that what it's called .org I think that's their main um, Siegelman site where it lists all of the positive psych books, um, all the authors and the psychologists who are doing the work. And it's just awesome to even dig around because the other really cool thing, if you guys are vibing with this, is that on that authentic happiness site, it's a, I'm going to give you a warning. It's a little overwhelming. So like sit back and relax into it and sort of save the page. But if I take a couple, yeah, right. If you log in Um, if you create an account and log in, they actually have, I mean, so many, maybe 20 different assessments that you can take to get to know yourself better and beyond via strengths. They have a lot of their research assessments. They have just an, a wonderful toolkit, um, that's free and available. And because underlying everything that we learn in yoga as yoga teachers and, you know, advocates for well-being is self-awareness. And, you know, if you're not able to work Mm -hmm. with a coach or a mentor like Carol or myself, like you couldn't really learn a lot about who you are and how you're showing up in the world and why things are working out or not working out just from looking over that information. I, it's so valuable. Have you seen that site, Carol, where they list them all out? (laughs) Yes, it's massive. There's so many yes. resources. And so it's good to have a guide, you know, like you're saying here, to finding a way to, to make sense. Yes. Of it. Um, yeah, the, there's a page, like right in the center of this massive page, there's a head, headline, a red flag that says questionnaires. Yes, yes. And that's where you find yep. the via characters, um, as I understand it. Yep. The, uh, there's also an, another large MOOC through edX, mm. uh, which is Harvard-backed, mm. and it's through um, through... Stanford mm-hmm. in California mm-hmm. through in case you're interested in case people are interested East Coast West Coast different mm-hmm. um, opportunities but yeah lots of really great stuff. yep um, okay so tell us about Perma and your understanding of it and how you see it kind of evolving and showing up in the world so so when um, when the founders of positive psychology talk about this being the science of well-being they describe well-being as having five pillars or five areas and that's Perma. And it's an, um, an abbreviation, P-E-R-M-A. And the in each one, in turn, P is from positive emotion. And it's just that idea that 
positive emotions like connectedness and happiness and hopefulness and so on renews our energy and really rejuvenates mm-hmm. us. It's kind of like at the center of it in that, you know, that, that, and in this area, we talk about mindsets, kind of that work of Carol Dweck, mm-hmm. you know, the mindset mm-hmm. versus the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of work about happiness here. So if people only get to the P in PERMA, they're missing the whole spectrum of the human experience, mm-hmm. that this is really important. It can be cultivated. Some of it's learned. Some of it's like your set point within your body based on, you know, your genetics. Um, but then there's discussion of being able to, to you know, turn off and on different, you know, segments with epigenetics. But, but this is, you know, really about being fully into your life, you know, through that positivity. The E stands for engagement. And that's when you're, uh, this is where flow comes into it, like you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. It's like when you're really in, involved, engrossed, you know, in, involved in something, it's kind of that sweet spot where you lose track of time and you can really um, be and come engaged. Mm-hmm. So, and not to be too redundant here. Um, relationship is that um, uh, Chris Peterson, who's one of the founders of positive psychology, would sum up positive psychology in three words, which is other people matter. So mm. relationship connections with other people and having positive you know, in encouraging enriching relationships in your life, whether it's your family, friends, neighbors, or colleagues, um, is that that's what this whole section is looking at, that whole part of PERMA. Um, the M stands for meaning, and that's, this is sort of where your pr- mm-hmm. purpose comes in, you know, being able to understand what really lights you up, what, mm-hmm. instead of what keeps you up at night, maybe, looking mm-hmm. at your night, Love that. out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, and that's personal and professional, and um, which is like in each of these topics can be separate hour-long conversations. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. The um, the A is either achievement or accomplishment, and it's the the satisfaction from devoting time and energy to things in life that really um, is meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, lots lots to digest and unpack from there too. Mm-hmm. But um, it can be goal setting and setting goals with. Um, you know, smart goals, but bringing in other positive psychology interventions that help make it more successful, like using tools like visualization. And um, in, 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 in addition to visualizing what your final outcome might be of what kind of who you want to be in six months or three years, or where you see your business going in five mm-hmm. years, looking at what, you know, what are the, the paths that will take you there? Mm-hmm. So looking at that piece of it too, kind of rehearsing, planning, um, and in any event, what are those steps? So, it's, and these things can be easily used in, like I said, in our personal life and professional life. Um, there's this really great um, video online on YouTube that you can find about the Newark Boys Chorus School mm-hmm. and about how they use character strengths to help cultivate character in these young students. And it's just this fascinating, beautiful, inspiring um, um, practical application of some of the tools or one facet of these tools mm-hmm. in children's lives to really help them you know, set them off on a trajectory of, of you know, accomplishment, success, and, and fulfillment in their lives. Yeah, I think that um, it's so, the PERMA model, and I mean, we are just starting to share and spread this information, like, at a larger level, right? Because it's so new, like, 20 years is not really, like, it hasn't been around a long time, so it's just starting to really blossom and grow. And I was on the website yesterday because they're having the positive ed 
international conference. Um, I, I'm not going, but hopefully next year <laughs> I'd be interested in going next year um, because I'm so fascinated by how they're bringing this model into the schools. And I just always think like, you know, it took me a long time um, to be able to put together in this language um, how to really use these concepts to to really put the pieces together to have a good life, right? So like, if you're going to have difficulties in relationships, which I did for a long time, um, it was leading to a lot of mental dis-ease and stress and physical stress. And I really had to do a lot of work um, on myself and my relationships and my judgment and criticisms of others and responses in order to um, be able to have more meaningful relationships that I feel good and engaged with, right? So I'm just talking about one, one area here um, that other people matter, but slowly over time, um, making that more of a priority has really shifted, shifted those relationships. And so I just love the idea that there are humans in the world who are going to grow up with this model in their schools and maybe not have to suffer as long as I did. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I grew up with the, um, the idea or mindset is that, you know, you have things that you're good at, you have your strengths, but you have your weaknesses and that we needed to work to improve yes. our weaknesses or improve yes. the areas where we fall short. Yes. Similar way with, with negative, with emotions that we might say are positive emotions or negative or pessimist and optimist is that there's a reason why we have fear and anger, you know, in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, those are things that that develop to protect us. Um, You know, as we evolved from more primitive, you know, uh, beings, um, you know, fear signaled danger. And, you know, and and a lot of times that our our brain will default to those, to that negativity bias Mm -hmm. or towards that protection. So there's a place for it, like in mild doses, you know, that it protects us, it warns us. But then, you know, as our brain evolved and as we, um, you know, evolve as individuals on our path to self-actualization, it's using these things to learn more, to gain insights about ourselves, and then to, you know, be able to, like, to be more resilient, to be not yeah. stuck in anger or depression or, or anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. or judgment or guilt, you know, that mm-hmm. they're really tools, tools to help us cope with these things. So. Mm-hmm. When I discovered positive psychology and saw that there's an alternative to be able to still feel the feels mm-hmm. and to have when I'm sad or whatever, but to be able to stop the negative mind chatter, you know, or to pause it. Mm-hmm. Like there's some tools from like from some Vipassana traditions where you stop, you know, you take a breath, you know, observe what's happening and then proceed. Well, you know, there are tools in positive psychology too that helps you you know, to see that there's an activating event that caused a trigger, you know, there's a way of looking at the beliefs behind it. And then there's, there's the, you know, a step of saying, well, then, you know, what is, you know, what is this bringing up? And how is this manifesting in my life? And what can I do about it? So it's, it's kind of in, in the big mix of all of these mm-hmm. things is that, um, is that it's, it's a really great discipline to, mm-hmm. to move forward. Yeah, I think also there was a, we did the study, we read the study um, about optimism and pessimism and heart attacks. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because Carolyn, um, what's her last name? Miss, Mice, M-Y-S-S, in Anatomy of the Soul. Is that what it's called? I haven't picked it up in so long. It's like one of the classical energy emotions live in the body from a yogic perspective, from a spiritual perspective. 
Um, and in it, she talks about heart attacks and fear and sadness and what she saw in her clients and patients over a long period of time. And then this research study that we read in the course was saying the exact same thing um, around emotions and feelings and how's it and how it shows up in the body. So I think the other thing that I'm just I am not an expert, as you can tell, I'm just exploring and learning and thinking and writing and having conversations like this to bring together these ideas that we, you know, our trauma, our experiences, our viewpoints, our emotions are in ourselves, are in our body. How is it manifesting? How is it bringing rejuvenation and more energy, just like you were saying earlier? And mm-hmm. then what are the ways in which um, not uh, unprocessed not and emotions and feelings and things that we do not digest? How does that then hang out in the body? And I just think this is like an amazing time to explore these areas because what we're learning and how the wisdom traditions are pairing with modern science are, is just like amazing. So cool. So I went through just kind of a high level for each of the the, um, letters, the P E R M A. Mm -hmm. I'm curious from your background Mm -hmm. with all of years of experience and working with it and really working to integrate body and mind um, with that spiritual you know, wisdom tradition flavor, what's your take on this? Like, what are you learning? Are there any surprises for you or, um, you know, further Mm. validations? So I think that the, the one that I kind of had, had to really think about, and I'm still kind of, uh, wrestling with a little bit is the achievement and accomplishment. Um, because so much of, like Ayurveda and sort of subtracting from our life will show us that we have all we need, right? And that we're living in harmony and there's so much abundance. But I'm, so I was kind of exploring, you know, been exploring that and learning through that lens. And then I heard about this achievement and accomplishment one and started to do some sort of digging. Like, does that mean external or internal? (laughs) And trying to think about like, does that mean we want more? Is that where that more and more and more like sort of innate desire comes from that I definitely seem to have. And I'm always trying to talk, talk her down. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> trying to tell her, lady, you got enough on your plate. You're doing it, you know? Um, and so that's the one that I'm just curious about um, and continue to be. And, you know, I think that there's probably, um, There's so many ways that I think as you move through your career and your life goals that the achievement, the accomplishment piece, it's like the benchmarks can be different, right? Based on where you are. And again, I think as long as you're creating them and they're not the societal norms and they're not external, I do think that I stand, that I feel very closely aligned to that because it helps. So if meaning Um, and purpose in the PERMA in the M piece kind of is right above that achievement. I think when you're saying, here's the purpose, I love what you said, Carol, like what gets me out of bed in the morning, Um, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of staying up late at night, like, or thinking through the night, right? So getting up and out of bed and then being able at the end of the day to say like, here is, you know, I have that vision, I have that goal and it's meaningful to me, whether it's, you know, really making sure that the home is a comfortable, cozy 
inviting place or that you finished the mm-hmm. blog post you wanted to do today or you, you know, your neighbor said, oh, I love your garden. Like it sort of doesn't matter, again, what it is as long as it's, it's authentic to you. Um, but I just don't want that achievement and accomplishment to be where like my clients or my students are like, see, I have to get that promotion in order to have this well-being. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that that's part of semantics and definition yes. and the way they use certain words is that what I learned in the program that I studied with is that achievement has to do with hope. Mm-hmm. It has to do with habit, uh, ritual, mm-hmm. it has to do with like, um, in intrinsic value, mm-hmm. right? The internal, and, yep. Yeah, and, yep. And, and pursuing setting goals that are meaning to me yes. versus meaningful to somebody else. Yep. It's like what you were talking about the shoulds yep. versus, yep. you know, what's <laughs> at the heart of a person. So there's um, a lot to, to dot, drop, drill down to. And I think it's just like people seeing the science of happiness or calling positive psychology the positive, the science of happiness and thinking it's slapping a smiley face yes, on it. Yes, yeah. Is that it's 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 not completely you know the accurate description of it. It's understandable that people look that way right. on it, but it's much richer than that. Yeah. So I think that this that other section is that even you know using mental imagery you know as a way to create a you know a life and using your senses and then you know and then having your you know your brain mm-hmm. figure out the way to make it happen by taking action. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the spin on the secret and with based on science, but not the secret. So, well, that's the other thing I was going to say is that, so if you're listening to this, you know, I'm obsessed with law of attraction and, um, and I'm always curious about it and exploring it. And, um, that emotion piece that comes out first in PERMA, the positive emotion. So law of attraction is all it is (laughs) really like to super simplify it is to say like, get some good feelings and keep moving towards them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have good feelings and, you know, appreciate and have gratitude for the feelings and what you have. And like, just keep standing in those feelings. What is the vibration? What is the feeling? And if you're not feeling something good, um, then it can mean you're out of alignment or it can mean your goals, your values and your daily habits. So this is where it gets a little bit more complicated and layered, right? What I see it as too, is it could mean like your via, your strengths, they're not playing out. You're not living in your Dharma, your Dharmic nature, right? right? Because there's a disconnect between what you're doing and who you are. So the bad quote unquote, or the more, the, 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 lower vibe emotions and feelings are often just clues to us that we're sort of out of alignment. And so this, again, like I'm really new at all of this, you guys, in terms of speaking about it publicly, because this is the stuff I like journal about privately every morning. (laughs) So I don't have like a clear, like, this is what I think. And this is what I know. These are all experiments. These are the things I'm thinking about. So if I'm putting together law of attraction with what I see here, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. If you know your strengths, um, if you're living in your strengths, in your relationships, in your work, in, in your family, you know, in all areas of your life, your community, um, and you have those positive emotions, um, you want to keep moving towards them. And that's how things start to line up into well-being. <laughs> totally agree. And the other thing about Carol Dweck and mindsets is that 
is that they become self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're mm-hmm. finding the negativity, you're going to see more of it. You're going to find right. confirmation bias. Yes. Absolutely. You know, reticular yeah. activation is another way of looking at it too, is that if you, if you're shopping for a car and you're looking for white cars, all of a sudden, all you see around you are car, white yes. cars. Right. And it's just, it's same with yeah. opportunity or, yeah. you know, people in your life or negativity. It's like, there's really something about staying in that mindset. It can be challenged because of the, the brain bias, but it also can be, it feels like there's, there's science, there's art and there's magic. And the magic is the piece that I don't fully understand, but yeah. I know it works, you know, right. and right. Maybe someday we'll understand more, but just the way that you explained it makes it seem like it's, it's natural, effortless, well, involving, yeah. but it can be done with ease and alignment, which is, you know, those are sound to me like pathways to flourishing, which is totally and flow and, and all of those exact terms and all these wonderful books are <laughs> titled. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I feel like it's the science behind the more woo woo law of attraction. And again, we're still learning and it's still unfolding because it's such a new um, a new field. But to me, it just feels like, oh, yeah. This is why that works. And I've known and felt it. And now I can see how, uh, you know, sort of mapping this out and looking through the research because it's the same with creativity. We did a whole, you know, chapter on creativity and um, an area and, and the science and the research behind creativity and seeing your life as a creative process and how it's all about the future and like really thinking about um, thinking about your future and also how like depression and anxiety then are really disorders of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like fascinating how layered this all is to me. And I guess in your experience, you know, with fixed mindset and this achievement. So what I'm starting to put together is I have a lot of people in my life who are perfectness and who, um, really want to be told like the one way mm-hmm. um, and who believe in like, and I don't think that they, I don't think their soul believes there's a, there's one way, but external and reinforcement from society has shown like black or white, good or bad, this or that. Right. And I see a lot of fixed mindset. Um, so t- do you see that with your, with any of your clients and how is that playing in? Like, it's something I'm trying to, really teach and navigate and work with them at these deeper levels. Right. Yeah. I wonder if you, if you have a similar way, once I say what I'm going to say is that that you can see things as either or black or white. And, and I think in the past I have, and it may be situationally, I have too, Mm -hmm. but as the more that I learn, the more that I have exposure to kind of that nuance and subtlety, I think, does it have to be either or, you know, can it be an and? So that goes to the gray area. And it also goes to the, you know, the, the basis of improv is like taking an idea and instead of saying no, but it's saying yes. And, And, yeah. And so to me, that signals like a yielding to something. It might be Mm -hmm. that you are uncomfortable with or that is unknown, Um, but softening into it and then opening, you know, and Mm -hmm. that can be hard. It's just even, like with the, the the camera lens, the aperture, opening that aperture just a little bit wider to be able to see what might be mm. beyond that horizon. Because mm-hmm. in positive psychology, we learn how 
um, optimism helps us broaden and build and positivity helps us broaden and build. So when we're in a negative situation or pessimistic, you know, thinking or kind of going down that rabbit hole is that our peripheral vision actually closes in. Mm -hmm. So it, things narrow and constrict. So just thinking, you know, shifting toward, you know, realistic <laughs> optimism Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to broaden and spiral upward, you know, continue mm -hmm. to learn, opening, opening to new possibilities, um, opening to new ideas, to new scenarios, to new outcomes. Mm -hmm. So I think I firmly believe that it can be learned. Yeah. And I think that, so here's how some of the brain science, like, I'm just so simple with how I visualize this is it's okay. almost as if. It, you know, if you've been in a school, this is why I think it's so important for schools because it, most of us grew up in schools where the teacher told you what to do and you just had to do it to get the good grade. Right. So that was really reinforcing in our brains, like the one way mm -hmm. <laughs> and the path. So even people who might have naturally been more growth mindset, um, you know, earlier on got into fixed mode because maybe they had not those natural skills and abilities. Um, and so then they were reinforced over and over when they just did what the teacher said. So here comes fear because if we do something creative or we go out of the box, we don't get praise for it. Right. Or we could get a bad grade or our parents or there could be outside. And so then we start to really disconnect from intuitive flow and right. listening to ourselves and so I think that, you know, and then you, you talk about women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, that's so many years of then maybe the boss tells you how to do it. And as long as you do it their way, you get praised. That's where it gets confusing and where the language around achievement and accomplishment is what I'm not, is what I, I just think um, reinforces more of that for that type of woman. Um, and so that's why I love, you know, going deeper with it and talking about it in terms of rituals and habits and values and hopefulness, not external achievement. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's where it, it gets a little bit confusing for people, um, or just, it, it like holds on to them where they're like, this mm -hmm. is the way. And just why, why don't I feel happy or joy? Why am I so drained by my life? And I think what we're both saying and definitely what I feel in you and I think you feel in me is that we don't see life that way. And we're really working with these models with PERMA and our strengths and, you know, reading these books and listening to these, these um, doctors and authors and saying like, okay, well, what if we explore these ideas to bring more value? And I find tremendous energy from the, these concepts and tremendous um, hopefulness. And, it, and I'm excited about our future when we look at these pieces from the inside out. And I feel that in you as well. You know, it's, instead of the shutting down, it's more exactly what you said, that expanding, that opening and that broadening um, mm -hmm. to see how we're all so much more connected right. <laughs> and the same. Right. I love that. Um, and you I know? think that, there's, that the world is rich with possibilities mm -hmm. and there are a lot mm -hmm. of reasons and things that hold us back, resistance or stories mm -hmm. we tell ourselves. Yeah. yeah. There are techniques based in science on yeah. writing techniques and yeah. writing processes that can help get people unstuck you know the yeah. work of James Pennebaker and but I do think at the bottom bottom or that the base or heart of it at the heart of it really is that connection in the humanity of other yeah. people yeah that we're all you know trying to find our way and having people that are really versed in different 
aspects and different avenues and different vocabularies around these practices like you are you know with the you know wisdom traditions mm -hmm. with the no nonsense with the education seeing how it affects people whether you were a student you know a long time ago or whether you have a child who's a student now and being aware and mindful of you know well, how can we do this better you know mm -hmm. what's what's good for you know in an altruistic way you know for the greater good yeah um, I totally agree. And I think that now is the time. Like, I feel a sense of urgency since the beginning of, you know, really since the beginning of this year. I mean, it's one of the reasons I was so um, excited about starting this platform was because we know how many of our friends and family are suffering from anxiety and overwhelm mm -hmm. and disconnect. And we've had, mm -hmm. you know, losses um, this past week. And for me, it's like, how can we just keep spreading these messages and this research and connecting the dots and holding one another up and saying like, I don't have all the answers and I don't know all the whys, but try this, like, see if it feels better to find a moment of flow in your day or to try a creative practice, you know, or to, stay kind of close to people who are a little bit more optimistic and have those positive emotions. Just see how it feels if you're closer to them because you might feel a little better. And that's, that's a big deal these days, you know? <laughs> yeah. In Pleasance, I think your voice matters. And I think that it's so beautiful how you weave together your intuition, your um, mm. intellectual um, observations, and then just the reality that you're finding among your community, you know, mm. all for good for moving forward for for kindness compassion and for self-compassion too it's really yeah. beautiful. oh thank you um I really appreciate that thank you very much do you have I want two last things one is what's one thing people can do today that you recommend to your clients or your students and the second is where can people find you <laughs> So there are, there's so many things that you can do that one can do. Um, the, my top via character strength is gratitude. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to go with a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. We've heard of gratitude journaling, which I think is really powerful. It's a great way to start your day or to end your day. Then I would take it one step further. And that is to identify someone who's been a mentor or a role model, whether they know it or not, mm -hmm. and take a moment to, sit down in a quiet place and put your thoughts in writing mm. about your gratitude for the way that that person has helped you become who you are today and where mm -hmm. you, how you're going to bring that into the future. And then rather than just, you can choose to fold the envelope, fold the letter up and put it in an envelope. I would encourage you to make an appointment, a tea, tea or coffee mm. date with that person mm -hmm. and bring the letter to them and read it to them as a gift. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and where can people find you? I am online at carolmyers.com. It's carol, C-A-R-O-L, and Myers has two E's, M-E-Y-E-R-S. Oh, awesome. Carol, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. And guys, if you have questions, um, feel free to email them over to me, and I'll collect them. And then, Carol, I'm sure... If I ask nicely, maybe she'll come back on and we can answer any of your questions or go deeper into any of the topics. Um, 
so far people have been so awesome about emailing and texting. Oh, I love this conversation or what about this? And so I'm sort of building up those questions for future episodes. Great. Well, I think this is so needed. And again, I so appreciate your leadership and your, Mm. you know, your beautiful showing up in the world with this. So thank you, Pleasance. Thank you, Carol, dear. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now. All right. Bye.